0: Good day. You are listening to the 93rd edition of Free City Radio. I'm your host in Montreal, Stefan Christoph. Thank you so much for being with us. Today on the program, we are going to go to Port Arthur, Texas. I spoke with John Beard, uh, who is the founder of Port Arthur Community Action Network. Um, This is a member organization of a national coalition in the United States called Build Back Fossil Free. Um, This organization locally within the context of Port Arthur, Texas, which is close to uh, the Gulf Coast, close to Louisiana, is um, what many climate justice and environmental justice activists in the area, including John, who we hear from, have labeled a sacrifice zone. Uh, There's massive oil refinery plants and oil production uh, involving corporations like Total that operate in Port Arthur, uh, which has um, seen uh, very high impacts uh, in terms of uh, lung disease, uh, in terms of people's health um, in Port Arthur, Texas, um, where refineries have been located. Um, This is really important uh, campaigning that's happening locally in Texas around thinking about environmental racism and and grappling with how that plays out. Uh, John's organization, Port Arthur Community Action Network, particularly focuses on the ways that um, this uh, environmental uh, threat in Port Arthur from oil, and gas corporations impacts black communities. So thank you to everyone at Build Back Fossil Free uh, for helping connect me with John to speak about uh, the campaigning and organizing work that he does locally in Texas. Here's the conversation that we had um, on Free City Radio. Really happy to share it with you today on the ninety. Uh, third edition of the program. I'm joined by John Beard, uh, who is uh, involved in climate justice organizing in Texas. Uh, He is the founder of the Port Arthur Community Action Network. Uh, They've been involved in bringing attention to the urgency of including Uh, climate justice plans within the context of the proposed um, Build Back Better legislation in the US that the Democratic Party is presenting. A lot to discuss. I know in Texas, John, there is the realities of intense petrochemical pollution. Uh, Of course, that is also racialized in terms of which regions of Texas that is specified, but before we get into the details i'll just say hi and thanks for 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 speaking to us this morning on free city radio.
1: Good morning, first and uh thank you for having me i'm glad to be here beautiful day out here in Texas today.
0: Right on respect. Um, so. John, if, if you could maybe just give us a picture as to what, like a bit about your organization and why you have joined this broader national coalition, why it was important for you to include the local issues that you work on day in, day out within that broader context.
1: Well, I formed Pecans. Pecans originally was formed in 2014 as the uh, result of, some envir- of an environmental pollution problem. Uh, there was a lawsuit that was filed by the federal government and uh, and others, with regard to uh, Flint Hills Resources, which was owned by, at that time, the Huntsman family. And uh, they were, that that particular facility was guilty of releasing benzene into the air, which went into a predominantly black, historically black uh, community, the old Vista Vista Village community here in Port Arthur. Uh, Subsequent to that, uh, we, you know, as things happen sometimes, you have to take a step back reanalyze some things. But in 2017, Hurricane Harvey hit the city. And because of some of the things going on, being a former city councilman, a three-term former city councilman, being involved in that, I felt it was a good time to restart the organization, reinvigorate it, to address environmental as and social issues as well as uh restorative justice, as I like to call it, and community development. So that is basically what we do, where uh, where there's pollution, rampant pollution, And problems, flaring and refinery releases and accidents, uh, we're usually on the scene. We try to be very proactive to try to address those things. But also, we need to do things on a socially restorative level to improve the quality of life for people here. The environment is so badly degraded. And because of environmental racism and other things that most of the community that surrounds these refineries and their tank farms are predominantly people of color, especially black people and they are adversely affected by their health. We have twice the state and national average for cancer, heart, lung, and kidney disease. And our city basically looks like Beirut. It's been bombed out and depleted. A lot of vacant abandoned buildings, uh, poor streets, poor city infrastructure. (coughs) And while we're trying to improve and make those situations better, we see the petrochemical industry getting stronger and bigger and expanding, which further increases the oppression and the load that is placed on us, the burden that is placed on us. I like to say that Port Arthur is a sacrifice zone because for America to have oil and gas and this petrochemical expansion, this is what takes place and we're affected by it. So I've taken it upon myself and working with people in the community through this organization, Pacan to address those issues and try to improve the quality of life and the life opportunities for people here.
0: Respect. Thanks for laying that out, John, just for people who aren't familiar with the geography of Texas, can you locate Port Port Arthur for us?
1: Well, sure. That's easy. If you look at at the map or weather channel, all you got to do is look at where where Texas and Louisiana and the Gulf Coast all meet. And when you see that little area, that's Port Arthur. That's us. We're not exactly on the coast. We're about 12 to 13 miles inland, but we have what's called Lake Sabine that is a part of us and right across from that is Louisiana. If you ever take a chance to come down here and visit, I'll take you to City Hall and let you get an overview of all of it in the city from the 5th floor observation deck. And uh day like today is very beautiful out on the lake and out on the water and looking out into the Gulf of Mexico from uh, certain vantage points. But what you'll also see is towering refineries, flares, stacks and units. And if you drive through certain areas under the right times and conditions, you'll smell what it smells like. There's no place in this area, in Port Arthur, where you won't smell it or where you will miss it. So that's the mission that we have. Uh, And I believe, as I said earlier, that we have to have restorative justice. If you're going to talk about environmental justice, you have to restore. It's based on the biblical principle that if someone does you harm or damage, if they are truly sorry for it, then they have to restore unto you that which was lost. And so the efforts we undertake here are to restore that and restore a proper relationship between people and their environment, between people and their community.
0: Uh, Respect to that, John. Uh, Thanks for laying that out. Um, And also to get a sense of the geography is very helpful. Um, So can you just name names in terms of which companies you're addressing through your work and the ways that that local organizing uh, around the environmental racism realities that you're addressing in Port Arthur, Texas, speak to larger national questions that you're, you're raising in that coalition that you're part of?
1: Port Arthur is home to the largest refinery in the country. That's Motiva. And we've taken several actions and been able to work with them. And sometimes we've had to go to other agencies, state and federal. Valero and Oxbow Calcinini, which is a Koch brothers company, are extremely egregious in what they do in terms of degradation to the atmosphere. Between 2014 and 2019, Valero had over 600 air quality violations, and we filed suit against them. However, the state of Texas intervened in that suit, so now they're supposed to be working out some type of agreement to help them improve. However, we've not been made privy to that, and uh, we constantly, I guess you say, bang on that door and bring that issue up. And I've spoken to our attorneys, and we're looking at possibly restating or restarting that lawsuit again. You also have oxbow calcinating which is the largest serial polluter of sulfur dioxide, sulfur trioxide, and particulate matter in all of Texas. And that's a lot of state when you say all of Texas. And uh, they emit over 11,000 tons of this pollutant into the air per year. It's virtually not a day that goes by if you look to the southwest of the city from where I am, which is within a mile of all of these facilities. I'm three blocks from Motiva, and I'm a half mile from Valero. And I can see this. I smell it. It happens every day. I'm very aware of it. And the danger in those particular compounds I spoke of is that they affect the lungs and your respiratory system. It affects your breathing. So we have so many people here, little children that go around with nebulizers and have to take breathing treatments, and senior citizens who can't get out in their yard and tend to their flower beds in their garden or basically can't even get outside because they're attached to oxygen and whatever. So we have a lot of uh, health issues from that. And so it's critically important that we undertake these fights, uh, not only against them, but against Total. Uh, Total refineries on the far east end of town. And right after Hurricane Harvey, they dumped over 100 million gallons of implant water. Now you can imagine any liquids such as oil, gasoline chemical substances compounds in addition to herbicides and pesticides which they spray in their tank farm levee areas to keep grass down and get rid of rodents and certain types of animals and things and they dump from inside that refinery it's located on the nature's river over 100 million gallons for those of you who don't know once again you look at the weather map and see it you'll see along the nature's river it it goes into lake sabine but it also is a part of what's called the Sabine Nature's Waterway. Sabine Nature's Waterway drains into the Gulf of Mexico, where we like to recreate, go to the beach. But also, it's a great fishing area. And it's also great for seafood, shellfish, and other types of uh, marine aquatic animals to reconsume. So not only are you affecting the air that people breathe, you're affecting the very substance of life itself, which is the water. So... We take on those uh, fights dealing with air pollution, land and water pollution, and try to uh, have those addressed, as well as have our uh, oversight agencies take a more hardline approach to the pollution. They don't have to pollute to do their business. We know we're going to need oil and gas because cars got to run, planes got to fly. But they can do it without creating so much damage to the environment and harm to people. And also, we want to look at the fact that the thing that they all come here with is telling you about jobs and opportunity. But yet we have some of the highest unemployment in the state. So that promise or that word is no good to us because it doesn't do us any good, affects our health and lives. And if we could work in these plants and with companies that do business with these plants, that pay very good wages. Maybe the people here could do better and move away or not be as close to these refineries and still have a decent job and be able to have a decent life for themselves and their families.
0: So in the context of what you've outlined so clearly, John, thank you, um, in regards to the very specific companies involved uh, in pollution within Port Arthur and the, of course, expanded geographical regions uh, that the waterways and territories around Port Arthur interact with in terms of these oil refineries, and corporations like Total. Can you talk about, you know, you talked about Port Arthur as being a sacrifice zone. And I think that I just want to underline that term because I think that maybe people uh, haven't really conceptualized how real, <laughs> like on the ground, the presence of sacrifice zones in U.S. Um, remains until today, that, that presence is real. So what are you trying to say on a national platform in the US and also to people who are listening here in in Montreal and Quebec, Canada, about the persisting realities of sacrifice zones in relation to fossil fuel production in the US and how that speaks to, you know, environmental racism and the ongoing realities um, that, that you continue to face today?
1: What we attempt to speak to here in the work that we do with Pekan and that I do as a founder and CEO of the organization is to address environmental racism from this standpoint that the people that live here uh, live here not necessarily by choice but by design. When the plants started, a lot of people didn't have homes or whatever. They were like we see in any great migration. They left where they were to come to where jobs and opportunities were. And when they did, most of them didn't have anywhere to stay. It was like just the typical boom you hear about, the expansion and, and, and needing good places to live. And a lot of times these companies set up what we call refinery towns to help their employees or the workers, you know, live and have a place there. But we didn't understand back then the dangers of living so close to the pollution. And at the time, people just did the business without any regard to what they put in the air or the land or the water. But there's a saying that when you know better, you do better. But we don't see that happening here. And we see that a lot of these companies do their business, they expand, they conduct their business in a way which is damaging to the health and environment of the people who live close to them. And that is. Both, largely in, in most cases across the country, people of color. So they can do their business and do better, but there's reluctance to because it costs money, and the bottom line is always going to be about money. So they put profits ahead of principle and people, and that's not something that we can or nor should tolerate. Every human life is worth something. It's it's it has value, and if we're going to value and cherish the humanity of others as, as well as ourselves then we're compelled to do something to correct an injustice. And this is all we're trying to do. We're not trying to put them out of business because we still got to have cars, planes, trains, and automobiles Could we come up with something to transition out of and get away from burning fossil fuels, which is why I joined the, the uh, Build Back Fossil Free Movement and, the, and also support Build Back Better. But we have to do it in such a way that still maintains the jobs and opportunities for people that work in those industries while reducing pollution and the effects on the neighboring communities that, where these companies do their business, but also integrate those communities into a sharing of that wealth and opportunity, which they always promise they're going to bring to these communities, but those communities of color rarely, if ever, see those benefits. And that's the whole context of it. There has Got to it. be a sense of equity and justice. Because the way it's going now, it's simply unjust. There's no equity and fairness if you're a person of color. And why should we have to suffer in order for someone else to have a job and to be able to do what they do? We deserve to live. We have a right to breathe clean air no matter where we are. And that's the fight that we always bring to people. I have just as much right living within the half mile or so of these facilities that I do as someone who lives 20, 30 miles away who commutes back and forth coming in here. And that's one of the biggest things you'll see if you're here. So I invite you and others to, you know, check out our web pages, our uh, pa-can.com and pecanportarthur.org, and go to our Facebook pages and our Environmental Justice page and see what it actually looks like and mm-hmm. and 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 kind of visit this town, uh, so to speak, uh, virtually, and see and see what it looks like. Uh, But even better, invite any of you to come on down here and and see for yourself, and you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. I'm not exaggerating one bit.
0: John, uh, from uh, Port Arthur Community Action Network, Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us today. Thank you. Thank you, John. Have a good day. You too. That was an interview with John Beard, uh, who is an organizer, Uh, for climate justice. Uh, He was a city council member for a number of sessions in Port Arthur, Texas. Uh, John works with Port Arthur Community Action Network. That is a member organization of the national coalition in the United States, Build Back Fossil Free. Uh, As we heard, John focuses on deconstructing and challenging the ways that environmental racism plays out on the ground in Port Arthur, Texas, a location for massive oil and gas refineries that involve corporations like Total. Uh, There has been campaigning in Port Arthur around the ways that um, these uh, oil refinery plants impact communities of color, particularly black communities in Port Arthur, Texas. This is a region that's close to um, uh, the Gulf Coast And um, as we heard about, uh, it as a reality of um, oil and gas production, it affects directly Port Arthur. But this is also a reality that plays out beyond, um, as a lot of the chemicals used in uh, oil and gas refinery systems are uh, tossed downstream. Um, So this is all part of a sort of systemic issue that affects the entire Gulf Coast region in terms of environmental degradation and pollution. So thank you so much to John Beard um, for taking the time to uh, share your perspectives uh, today uh, here February 2022 on Free City Radio. I'm Stefan Christophe in Montreal. We share two new editions of Free City Radio a week. Of course, we broadcast Wednesdays at 11 a.m. on CKUT, 90.3 FM, Campus Community Radio in Montreal. We're on Spotify and iTunes. Uh, you can find our show. Please tell a friend. It would be super appreciated. Uh, obviously, this is a grassroots initiative, and um, I'm always happy to feature the voices and artists and music that I can hear on the podcast. To go today on the program, we're going to hear a track from London-based artist Gaika, um, who is awesome. And um, uh, that's about it. Um, I'll be back with the 94th edition next week. Thanks for tuning in, and thanks again to John Beard for being part of the initiative today. Take care.
2: Who are you the judge? Textbook for wild and prize with a big face Who are you the judge? Yeah. I saw a garrelate with a bag full of AKs Moving madder with the black my grace from a skinny man's state. In the city gone forget this bait Everyday we know weights We let chops on mate stand by to watch and to see what took place and to join in. This we ask you for your special blessing upon everyone. And now Father we give it all to you. We pray God for special dedication. We pray for special blessing. Nothing shall vandalize this tomb. Oh God it shall be protected and preserved by your mighty hand. Oh God let nothing come around to disturb the dead that lies here. I Jobs. Can we talk about cleaning blocks? Can we talk about grief and loss? Can we talk about the young black boys? Who out in the street and just get shot I ain't gonna let them kill a the cops off? Blunt on you when you can't wash I'm in for a sinner from a prisoner of guns So scream. by your mind, a dream of the dead Babelize by your death to your head again not on but i prefer it i'm watching tv I'm, I'm feeling bad, man. I'm dumb, man. I gave it a try.